What is going on everyone? Finally, finally Fight Day is here. UFC 259. I've been fucking dying for this card. Um, you just have to take a look at the card to see why. Three title fights. Um, I mean, there's there's four or five fights on this card that could headline their own card. You know that way? It's fucking crazy. Right, I'm only going to look at the main card today. Um, I never typically look at the uh, prelim fighters as usually it's kind of... Don't get me wrong, it's still some good up-and-coming talent, you know, that way it's usually guys that have uh, a lot of fancy, flashy KOs, they might have a couple of uh, paydays, and look, this is the UFC trying to make a star out of them, so uh, I'm not going to look at it today, I'm only going to look at the main card, but uh, that's not to say that you shouldn't still watch the prelims, uh, Dana White only done a video yesterday actually talking about all the uh, the crazy fighters, Yadong Song is one of them, uh, Chinese guy, I think he's... I think, I think he said he's 5-0 in the UFC and he has something like four uh, post-fight bonuses. I could, I could be mixing them up because he went through a few fighters. But uh, it's just, it's a crazy card. Um, I'll tell you what, one stat that I actually would like to see. And you know what, I might actually do a little bit of research on that myself. And uh, maybe just make a little social media post today. Given that it is fight day. So, let's start off right at the top. Izzy Jamblachowicz. So... Look, Jan Blachowicz, the Polish power. Um, the big question here is, can he catch Izzy? Can he hit Izzy? Can he put him away? Um, he obviously won the title just late 2020 there against Dominic Reyes. This is Jan Blachowicz I'm talking about. Uh, he beat Dominic Reyes. Uh, that was after John Jones had gone up. He'd vacated the light heavyweight and decided he was going up to heavyweight. Um, so Dominic Reyes, Jan Blachowicz, he was on a bit of a tear himself, uh, Jan was, and as was Dominic Reyes, who probably put up the closest fight to John, so that, that light heavyweight fight made sense, I think, in a lot of people's eyes, but now we kind of have the division seemingly being put on hold again with Izzy and Jan, like, what, what happens here? If Izzy wins, does he hold the two titles? Izzy has already said... Regardless if he wins or loses, he's going back down to middleweight to defend his middleweight strap. And he seems to be looking for Darren Hill. I'm not sure whether or not he he doesn't want to get the, the Jones talk going again. He knows Darren Hill is a fan favourite. So, I'm, I'm not sure. Izzy is, he, is he very entertaining, but he's quite secretive. If you watch his, uh, his interviews, you know, he'll crack a few jokes and that's great. But he he follows it up quite a lot with um oh I'm keeping it close to my chest. I've heard him say that a few times now, even on uh, interviews with Hawani or whatever. But um look, Jan, can Jan catch Izzy? That's the question. Uh I don't think so. I think Izzy does it. I think Izzy pieces him up and um I was thinking about this. How do I think um given that Izzy is my prediction, how do I think that he wins it? You know, I I, I struggle to see Izzy putting Jan to sleep but I don't I don't really think that I should you know that way man has 15 KOs of his 20 wins he puts people to sleep Um, he said on an interview that he fought a kickboxing I think it was kickboxing maybe K1 a heavyweight you know he's six foot four, so he he's used to fighting bigger guys so it would seem Um. So, um, I mean, after I had heard that, that he had fought a heavy... And I actually, I knew that as he was on his come-up. Um, I remember watching videos of him fight a heavyweight. But when I heard that, I said, right, that kind of has to solidify your pick. Um, and I actually have the odds here for all fighters. So, Izzy is minus 130. Do you know what? 
I'm going to go on to Paddy Power because I'm sure anyone or most people listening to this would prefer the odds in 3 to 1, 2 to 1, you know, rather than this minus 240. Because, I mean, I'm watching UFC years and I still. I, I, I can understand it to the degree. So so let's just go back here. Who was it now? Um, so Piotr Jan Aljamain Sterling, both are minus one ten. I think that's kind of like they're even money. It's it's a pick 'em fight essentially. Um, Islam Makachev drew Dober. A fight I'll be getting to in a minute. Islam Makachev minus one three three five drew Dober plus two fifty. If you're plus, you're the underdog. You're minus, you're the favorite. So minus. And the higher number you are, the stronger the favourite you are. But I'm going to go on to Paddy Power and get the odds. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. So Izzy is a 4-9 to favourite versus Jan 7-4. to um, So I'm going to just throw some odds out at you now. Oh my god. Amanda Nunes 1-12. to Megan Anderson 13-2. to 6.5 to 1 you're getting. And, and and this is another thing. If you're um, not too familiar with... Um, UFC and, and betting and things of the sort. You know, this is an MMA fight. One punch can can end the entire fight. And Megan Anderson certainly does have power. I mean, the size advantage she has over Nunes is crazy. Ultimately, I don't think it's really going to matter. Um, we go on. Piotr Jan 4-5 versus Aljo's even money. So, really a pick em fight. Um, Islam Makachev 2-9. Drew Dober 3-1. That's quite a good price. Um, so anyone not familiar, Islam Makachev is pegged as the new Khabib of the lightweight division. Uh, Drew Dober is a good, good test for him. Um, they're ranked 14 and 15, so this this is quite an important fight in lightweight. Um, because, I mean, look, the winner of this is certainly going to be looking for a top 5 opponent. Uh, certainly top 10. I'm sure they'll break top 10. Um, certainly if someone can do it in kind of a, quite a nice fashion. But... Islam has that kind of that wrestling style similar to Khabib. Uh, Dober trains at uh, altitude, so look, it's going to be a good fight. Both of them are going to have a gas tank. Uh, both are very good fighters. Islam is riding this serious hype train. Um, obviously, he's backed by Khabib, so there's going to be a certain amount of uh, hype behind him. Uh, Khabib is obviously trying to hype his boy up, you know. Um, yeah, I'm kind of a little bit all over the shop here, but look, there's just so many fights. Thiago Santos, Alexander Rakic. Uh, another light heavyweight fight. Again, another, no, it's the only light heavyweight fight I think we've talked about. Uh, no, is he, yeah, yeah, that's light heavyweight title, what am I talking about? Um, Thiago Santos obviously put up an unbelievable fight against John Jones after he, I think he fucked up like his whole left leg. He fucked all the ACL, MCL, fucking TCL, RCL. All the CLs in your leg. He completely fucked them up. Um, it did look like Jones. I don't know whether or not Thiago masked it. Well, I remember at one point he was nearly falling over. He couldn't put weight on it. Um, and this is throughout the rounds. He fucked it up, I think, in like round two, maybe. And fought out. Did he Did he fight it out to a decision? I'm pretty sure. He did. I remember just being blown away by the fact that he was still even standing up. Never mind in the fight. He took it to John. Um, if I'm not wrong, it was a split decision loss. John Jones, split decision loss. Um, and that was where the fucked up. It was unbelievable to watch. I remember actually watching that fight. It was about 6am, as it will be tonight, unfortunately. Um, I remember watching that fight. Yeah, so, sorry. 
I'm just looking now. So he fought Jones in July of 2019 and hasn't fought after that fight since November 2020. So that's what? That's about 15 months off. He obviously had to heal up and he lost to Glover. So, hang on, he lost to Glover to Shearer and he lost to John Jones. No shame losing to John Jones and lost to Glover. And he's still ranked number two. This is the UFC website that I'm on. I'm saying Tiago Santos is ranked number two. Um, Alexander Rakic is carrying um, kind of carrying quite a lot of hype in it too. He seems to be the next um, up-and-comer. Uh, I think mainly because he, he is on quite a win streak. He lost to Ozdemir his fight before last, but he did beat uh, Anthony Smith. But look... He's a new, talented guy who hasn't fought Jones for the title yet, you know, which means he's an up-and-comer in the light heavyweight division who Jones hasn't already beat. You know, when you go on to John Jones' uh, sheer dog record and you just look at the names, it's it's fucking crazy. Um, So Alexander Rakic, big fight for him now. He did beat uh, Jimmy Manoa. He did beat Anthony Smith, as I said. Um, So just see how it goes. Big fight for the light heavyweight division here. Um, Megan Anderson Nunes. I've kind of touched on all the fights at this stage now, so I'm gonna just, just, just clearly go through each fight one more time. What I think is gonna happen. Who gets the nod? So Alexander Rakic, Thiago Santos. Um, I like Rakic. I think he looks like a promising fighter. We know Thiago has heart. I think Rakic gets it done. I think Rakic KOs him, which is surprising given the fact we know he has heart. I think Rakic gets it done. Islam Makachev drew Dober. Um, as I said, drew Dober does train at altitude, which means that gas tank is not an issue for him. But look, we've seen Khabib a million times over fight guys with a great gas tank and that wrestling just smothers them. So if you're looking at a guy who's fighting at the same weight class as Khabib, trains with Khabib, is friends with Khabib, and Khabib has pegged to be the next Khabib, I've said Khabib so many times there, uh, you have to imagine that you know, there's some truth to it. I can't see Khabib putting his name on a fighter who isn't going to go out there and, and kind of do it justice, you know. I think uh, Islam by decision. Piotr Jan, Aljamain Sterling. Uh, Piotr Jan, as far as I can remember, is coming back from a pretty nasty injury. So, although he fought July 2020. No, I, th- I thought he had an injury. He beat Aldo. Um... I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm mixing up a different injury, but, okay, that kind of changed a little bit for me, for some reason I thought he was coming off an injury, I knew he beat Aldo, Um, that was July 2020, I did think that was kind of early 2020, but I guess not, regardless, I think Aljo gets it done, Uh, again, I think Aljo, I think both these guys have uh, very similar kind of keys to victory if you will you know that way both guys are great wrestlers they're they're slightly unorthodox certainly aljo is anyway uh great wrestlers great strikers uh really can finish the fight anywhere so aljo versus yan um aljo has obviously been quite clear about the fact that he wants to wrestle him get him down try choke him out um he has 8 of his 19 wins via submission anyway, so it's kind of no surprise there. Uh, Piotr Jan has showed that he is a, he's a great wrestler also, so it's you're really going to watch a close uh, kind of wrestling match here. Jan, obviously, with the power to knock you out. Um, we know that, so... 
I, I see why this is a pick'em. I really do. I think Jan gets it done. I think Jan's gonna tap. Uh, sorry, sorry. I think Aljo gets it done. I think Aljo taps him out. Yeah, look, it's a pick'em. You know, no pick really is wrong. I can see both sides of it. But I look maybe just because I'm a fan of Aljo, I just think he's fucking great. Um, I mean, first of all, the name itself, Aljamain Sterling. What a great name. Funkmaster is his nickname. I just, I just think he's cool. He's so fucking cool. Yeah, I just, I just, I think I'm just a fan of his. Ultimately, um, he certainly has the, the what it takes to beat him. Uh, so I think, I think that's just my kind of inner fanboy of Aljo coming out here. But regardless, I still hope he gets it done. Um, Amanda Nunes, Megan Anderson. I'm a big fan of Anderson. Uh, I, I don't know when I kind of came across her. Uh, certainly early in the UFC, and I just thought she was so. So different to to a lot of the other female fighters that we've seen. So she's, you know, she's good looking. She's huge. She's tatted up. She's Australian. She's just, she's a real kind of outcast. She looks really unusual, you know, but in a in a good way. Um, she has six KOs, which uh, women who can really knock you out are always entertaining, more entertaining, I would say. Because look, not every woman has the power to really put someone away. Um, and Megan Anderson here with six KOs, six KO TKOs of her eleven wins. So the majority of her wins have come via KO TKO. How is she not going to be a fan favorite? Um, she has lost to Holly Holm and Felicia Spencer. Uh, look, look, let's be real here. You know this is um, the UFC one forty five strap. Women's one forty five strap and look the the division isn't stacked. The division was made for um Cyborg to come over and get her in the UFC and look as we all know Amanda Nunes kinda said nah don't think so knocked her out in the first fucking round. Um look I've been saying for a while now that I feel like each of uh, Amanda Nunes's next fight you know as in her most recent fights they've all just been her swan song you know each fight is just solidifying her more and more and more as the greatest female fighter of all time you just have a have a look through um some of her fights right so i'm gonna just go through uh her her win-loss record hurry so she comes to ufc beats Duranda around in her second fight big win Loses to Katzengano. Okay. That was in... 2014. Right? Since then... Since 2014... She beat... Shayna Basler. Sorry. Sarah McMahon. Valentina Shevchenko. Misha Tate. Ronda Rousey. Shevchenko again. Raquel Pennington. Uh, Pennington. Sorry. Uh, Cyborg. Holly Holm. Jermaine Randame. Again. And she just beat Felicia Spencer in June of 2020. You know, unbeaten in six years. Let me just count them out again. Just make sure. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 fight unbeaten streak. She's the double champ. Look, Nunez is just really solidifying her name. Look, 20 wins, 13 KO, TKO. She's the greatest female. Even if Megan Anderson wins tonight, Nunez is still hands down the greatest female fighter ever. In the history of ever. Well, certainly in MMA. You know, I don't want to go make blanket statements like that. But, um, look, 
I don't, I don't think I'll ever pick against Nunez for the rest of our career. Not to say that Megan doesn't have a chance to win. There's a huge, huge height difference. Um, Anderson just looked much, much bigger. Ultimately, though, I don't think it's really going to matter. Uh, I think Nunez gets it done. Jan Blachowicz and Izzy. Again, I, I know I'm a bit all over the shop. I've kind of talked about um, a lot of these fights already. But the question is, can Jan catch him? Um, and for Izzy, can Izzy do to Jan what he has done to everyone else he's fought? Again, we, we go through Izzy's record. You know, Izzy gets into UFC. Rob Wilkinson, second round, TKO. Marvin Vittori, Brad Tavares, Derek Brunson, Anderson Silva, Calvin Gastelum, Robert Whittaker, Yael Romero, Paolo Costa. They are all his wins just inside the octagon. 20-0. and 0. Uh, It's crazy, you know. Now, there's one thing that I did notice because I, I always go through the record. I just like to see um, how fighters tend to win. So, in the UFC, we have one, two, three, four wins. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So we have four wins out of nine were finished for Izzy uh, by KO or TKO, whatever. Uh, four wins out of nine. You know, we know we can put you to sleep. Uh, as I said, he has 15 KO, TKO wins. But since coming to the UFC, five of his nine fights have gone to decision. I did note that. You know, now you're moving up <coughs> to light heavyweight. So we know that, like when you, uh, as I said, you go onto his record and you scroll down a little bit, back to kind of earlier in his career, everything is KO, TKO, KO, TKO, KO, TKO. He gets into the UFC, TKO first round, decision, decision, TKO, decision, decision, KO, decision, TKO. You know, I think it starts to show that either it's the kind of the more elite training of fighters in the UFC or, or just better defensively in the whatever it is. He ain't knocking people out the way he used to, you know. I do think that's worth noting. Jan, Jan ain't no fucking, um, ain't no unknown fighter, you know. That way Jan has been there and done that. What the fuck is this? Fucking ad block. I don't even have ad block on. Pause on this side. Maybe I do. This is Louise's laptop. <laughs> You know, Jan has 35 pro professional fights, AKO 9 sub 10 decisions. You know, he's been there and done that. Uh, that being said, I do still think this is quite a hard fight uh, for Jan to try and figure out. I do think there's going to be a bit of a feeling out process for Jan. Uh, he's probably going to have to uh, kind of get a feel for his distance. Uh, I wouldn't even try and say his timing because I don't think anyone can really figure out his timings. Um Izzy has been saying that look, you haven't even seen, you haven't seen the best of me yet. He's saying you haven't seen my knees, you haven't seen my elbows, you haven't seen my uh, head kick KOs. He's saying, you know, he's he's talking about all the shit that he done early in his career pre UFC. You know, my question is, is he gonna be able to get all that shit off that he used to be able to get off? You know, and now look, I'm not doubting him. I do think Izzy gets the nod tonight, but it's not an easy fight. There are all this talk about him coming coming into the fight, uh, so. As you know, when fighters weigh in, they weigh in, so light heavyweight is 205, uh, middleweight 185, welterweight 170, lightweight 154. So that's they're the weights that you have to weigh in at. You weigh in the day before the fight. So uh, you weigh in at 205 on the night. You, I mean, you're cutting down to 205. You're probably walking into the octagon at 220, you know? And that's and that's just the case for light heavyweight fighters, for, for, for most uh, fight divisions anyway. 
You know, you weigh in at the weight and then you probably walk into the octagon 10 pound heavier after you rehydrate and everything. Izzy has said that he's probably going to walk into the fight lower than 205. Probably around 195, 198 he said. Um, and he said he said this himself. Whereas Jan, I think Jan said he's probably going to walk in at around 220, 222-ish. So you're talking about 25 pound difference. And yeah, look, Jan has said, look. Rude. Jan has said that he's going to use that extra weight. He's going to make him feel it. Uh, and look, that's the way to do it. Izzy has a lot of big movements. Uh, so if Jan can just grab a hold of him, hold him against the cage. The fucking motorbikes, man. Shut the fuck up, will you? Fuck me, like. Look, Jan just needs to get him against the cage. Two, maybe three rounds. Hold him there. Hold him down. Just keep that extra 25 pounds of weight on him. On him? On him. Uh, make him feel it. Wear him down. And then a lot of them... Big, diverse movements, those big kicks. Um, you know, a lot of that gets mitigated. Is that the right word? You know? He he, he kind of takes a lot of them off the table. Because Izzy's going to be so tired from just trying to get back to his feet. Um, look, we know Izzy's wrestling. You know, that's not what he's known for. Jones tweeted out that, look, Izzy isn't, Izzy isn't going to have his wrestling and jiu-jitsu ready until December to fight. Because Izzy said, look, I want to fight you in December now. Um, I haven't really been following. I, I was following their beef at the start. And then after that, there's just so much talk of, oh, the fight's going to happen then. It's going to happen then. Izzy said he wants to wait two years. John is fucking 30, 40. Like, Izzy is clearly waiting him out. Izzy does not want to prime John by any stretch of the imagination. Um, it's 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 quite annoying, you know that way. It's like you're teasing this uh, fucking big, massive super fight. You're getting into the Twitter beefs. And look, look. In fairness, it's not John. It's Izzy. And you know, look, Izzy is doing the smart thing. You know, who better to call out than John Jones? But you can't go talking shit. In my opinion, don't go talking shit and then be like, eh, no, I'll fight you. I mean, look. If Izzy beats Jan tonight, which I think he's actually a favourite. Let me just check the odds on... Izzy's a minus 230 favourite. If Izzy beats Jan, why is Izzy talking about fighting Darren Till next? Let Jones do what he's going to do at heavyweight and fucking fight him at light heavyweight. What are we talking about? Do you know what I mean? Don't chat all that shit and then talk about going to fight Darren Till. What are we doing? <coughs> Darren Till, who actually hasn't been doing too well lately, mind you. That's what Izzy says. I hope he keeps his win streak going. I hope he gets a win streak going so that we can have that fight. Because look, they were supposed to fight. Look, it's a fucking great fight. I'm not trashing that fight. I'm just saying, you've now moved up to light heavyweight after Jones vacates the title. You chatted all this shit for so long. You know, I'm not I'm not looking past Yan. I'm not saying Yan can't win. But you're a favourite to win this fight. If you win, how are you not going to be calling Jones out? What are you waiting for? Look, I get it. Jones has fights lined up at heavyweight. Look, look. Benefit of the doubt. Maybe Izzy was told, look, this Jones thing, we'll make it happen before he retires. But Jones has work to do at heavyweight. Look, maybe that's the case. I, I would hope it is. Look, Izzy doesn't seem like a fucking fighter who's going to run scared. Certainly not with how much shit he's been talking. So, look, maybe that is the case. Maybe, maybe he got word. You know, and look, as I said, Izzy in his interviews, uh, Ariel tends to ask the right questions in the right way to best extract information from fighters. Look, he's he's been doing it so long now, it seems. He has to, he's obviously quite good at reading um, kind of 
a fighter, you know, just through so many hundreds, if not thousands of interviews of fighters. Um, but is he, and he uses the word, play the cards close to me chest, he says that quite a lot. Uh, so, look, we'll see what happens. All I'll say is the same thing that I said with the first podcast that i done, it is such a good time to be an MMA fan right now. You know, there's just, every week there's a great card, and if there's not a stacked up card, there's a card filled with great fights. You know, maybe they're lesser known guys, but fuck me man, like the last... I normally don't, like normally not don't, normally I can't keep up with every card, you know the way, because it requires you to sit up till fucking five and six in the morning and you just can't always do that, sometimes you have things on on a Sunday, but uh, lately it doesn't care, obviously we've COVID as well, but I'm not missing a single fucking card, the UFC is on fire, you know, Um, I've kind of kind of broken okay so here i'll just real quick go through my predictions izzy versus jan i think izzy's gonna ko him you know that way gonna be a bit of a shock izzy becomes a fucking worldwide superstar after it that's my prediction amanda nunez is gonna sub megan anderson i don't think amanda is gonna want to stand too much with her certainly not in the beginning where uh anderson is going to have just such a big size advantage over you know well then again maybe not regardless Amanda Black Belt Jiu-Jitsu, I think she gets a tap. Um, Pure Yan versus Aljo, I've said already, I think Aljo's going to tap him out. You know, it's crazy uh, Jiu-Jitsu on Aljo. Uh, Islam versus Dobar, I think. Dobar training at elevation, he's going to have the gas tank. Islam wrestling, going to have the gas tank. Gas tank sorry. I think Islam gets the decision. And uh, Thiago Santos versus Alexander Rakic. Love Thiago Santos. Love him. Would love to see him uh, bounce back. But I think Rakic gets the win. I think Rakic knocks him out. Um, those are the five fights that I've looked at. Um, I might put a bet on myself. You know that way. Keep an eye on social media. Keep you posted. Um, just a little bit more news. Just I've only come across this now today myself. Corey Sandhagen who lost to Aljo two fights ago. And in his last fight... Brutal flying knee KO of Frankie Edgar. How fucking sad was that man? How sad was it to see Frankie Edgar just just laid out with a flying knee, you know? Regardless, Sandhagen may have a new star on your hands. Um he's gonna obviously be watching closely this Piotr Jan Aljo fight. And I think it's been confirmed. I was do you know what? I wish I made this podcast a day or two ago because I, I knew that this was gonna play out the way it did. Um a lot of talk on TJ coming back. TJ, of course, obviously fights at 135 as well. And it's looking like now Corey Sandhagen will fight TJ Dillashaw in Dillashaw's comeback fight after his whole EPO scandal, losing to Cejudo, the whole lot. Um, so Sandhagen, TJ for the winner versus Piotr Jan Aldo. Fuck, that, 130, that 135 division has always been a great division. But fuck me, man. it's just It just keeps getting better. And this is what I'm saying. It seems like every division... Just keeps on. It gets to where you want it to get to, you know. Now, look, we have the middleweight and light heavy, and light heavy and heavy, which are now kind of in a bit of a toss up, you know that way. You look at Thiago Santos versus Alexander Rakic, right? two light heavyweight uh, contenders. If Rakic wins this, certainly because Rakic, Rakic has a little bit of heat behind him now. What happens if Izzy wins? Does he vacate and? 
Jan fights Rakic for the title. I don't know if Izzy's going to hold on to the title or not. Um, Jones obviously has a bit of work to do at heavyweight. So I can't see Izzy holding that the title. Look, if he wants to be double champ and, and defend on defend two titles, which has clearly proven to be hard to do, something Amanda Nunes has managed to do, mind you. <coughs> um, if Izzy wants to do that, great. But when you have a double champ, you cannot fight. Like, I mean, look, I think a champ should fight at least once a year, if not twice a year. You know, that way, defend his belt twice a year. And you see that from a lot of the great champs. Um, they tend to get in at least one defence a year, if not two. And if you're the middleweight and light heavyweight champ, two divisions, which, and certainly the middleweight division, stacked, stacked. You, you can't, you can't, you can't kind of... To be fair to each of the top 15 fighters in both divisions, you cannot do it justice to be ch- to be double champ. I don't think. Unless you're someone like Amanda Nunes. And look, it's not like 45 is stacked. 35, there's some good fights there. There's some ex- exciting fights still to be had for Nunes. And I tell you what I would love here is Megan Anderson to really put it up to Nunes. I don't want to see Nunes lose. You know that way? Nunes is... She's the pinnacle of, of MMA success. You know, certainly certainly for females. So I do want to see Nunes win. But if Megan Anderson can make this a five-round war, a bloody mess. Now, we, look, we have the Shevchenko trilogy, which, Ananda, which Nunes has already won twice. We also want to see the Shevchenko trilogy still. But it would be nice to see another contender, another big challenger for Nunes. Because, look, as I've said, Nunes has just been, been kind of dancing away to our swan song the last few fights. Look, that's how it feels. You know that way. I'm sure Nunes isn't overlooking our opponents, but it just feels like who is going to have... Firstly, forget who. What is it going to take to actually beat Nunes? She's incredible stand-up, incredible power, and incredible jiu-jitsu. You know? How do you beat that? Really? You know that way? Apologies if you can hear the dog barking there. We are still at home. Lockdown, obviously. Um. So... Big moves in 135, uh, middleweight, light heavyweight. Uh, I look forward to this fight for a lot of reasons. I look forward to seeing uh, kind of what's going to come of the division. Uh, I'm sure Thiago Santos and Alexander Rakic are both hoping Jan can win this. Uh, put this whole double champ shit to bed for Izzy and... Excuse me. Just get on with defending his title as any other champion normally would. Because for Jan, this is this is his forced title defence. He only won the title. And look, he didn't even beat a champ to get it. You know that way? So Jan still has a lot to prove here. And here's the problem I feel for Jan, right? Not not problem, I just feel a little bit bad, right? All every fighter wants is that strap around the waist or over the arm. You know? Jan finally has it. But, and you know what? It, it was the same for DC as well. At light heavyweight. I don't really think you're a true champ if... No, look, no, no, no. That's not fair to say. It's not that you're not a true champion, right? But I think everyone kind of knows what I'm saying when I say that if a champion vacates that belt and the two number one contenders fight in and one takes the belt, which is what Jan done, which is what DC done, you are a champion, certainly. But when a fighter just, release, or just vacated that title for whatever reason... Even though you're the undisputed champ, because the the former champ vacated, there'll always be a little asterisk beside your name as far as a champion. You know that way, DC. The I think DC has actually acknowledged it. Um, 
and Jan now, Jan takes the title from a number one contender fight with uh, Dominic Reyes. He finally gets the strap. He knows that, look, he may have to fight John to really solidify his, uh, his name, his credentials as light heavyweight champ. But regardless, he has it now. Now he's thrown into this super fight with Izzy, a very, very dangerous, lanky, kind of flexible middleweight. You know, so if Jan loses this, he loses to, to a guy in a weight below him. Not that there's any shame in that, but your first title defense is against, I mean, someone with some of the best stand-up in the UFC. You know, and not only that, Jan's big fucking... Jan claims he's going to knock him out in second round with a head kick. Come here. I would fucking love to see that. Jan, overnight superstar. Literally. Uh, he already talked about the fame and how how that has kind of how he has processed that in his head I suppose um, he talks about how he doesn't like like a thousand people looking to get a picture with him uh, which I whoop, which I thought was interesting because look you're a champ you know that way you need to you need to be used to that shit you know obviously it's his first time but um, is that an extra element of pressure that obviously Izzy is more than used to now is he I mean how many this is Izzy's I keep forgetting they're not putting the belt up. Um, fuck yeah. So regardless, Izzy walks away tonight a UFC champ. I, I always, I'm always confused about these uh, champion versus champion fights. Because really, it's one fighter with everything to gain and one fighter with everything to lose. Not that Jan wouldn't gain, obviously, if he, if he beat Izzy. He derailed the hype train. Obviously, there's a huge, uh, huge fame to be earned in that. But, I mean, if Izzy wins, he becomes only the fifth ever double champ. You know, he talked about how he's going back down to middleweight. So, he's going to, what, take that light heavyweight strap and, and bring it back down to middleweight with him. And leave guys like Rakic and Santos, who are... are Working for their own shot at that title. You're putting the division on hold again. If Izzy wins. Unless he vacates. Which I don't. I Would you? I wouldn't. I'd hold them both. You know. But um, look. Izzy said he wants to get busy. If he can beat Jan. And he can. Every every 12 months. Every 14 months. If he can get in and defend both titles. Fucking brilliant. You know that way. You really do have a new superstar in your hands. You know. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Perfect scenario for Izzy here. Izzy beats Jan, he goes down to middleweight, he fights, you know, I'm not sure what they're going to do down there, who gets next shot, but he goes down, he defends, look, I would love to see Darren Till, he's been talking a lot about Till, I think that's a really exciting fight, but Till may not get it, he's been on a bit of a downward spiral lately, but, you know, who knows really, but look, I think I'm going to wrap it up here, I think I've covered most what I wanted to talk about. Oh, just real quick, I'll just end here on a good note. Lavinia Souza. She is female UFC fighter who's fighting on the prelims tonight. Maybe early prelims. I think it might be the early prelims. But she got signed with a esports team ahead of this fight tonight. Uh, the team is called Furia. I'm pretty sure. Let me just double check. F U R I A. Furia. Furia is uh, one of the biggest esports team um, from Brazil. Furia, the deal provides unlimited training opportunities for the UFC fighter, allowing her to choose any facility around the world as her camp at Furia's expense. 
So basically, this esports team is going to foot the bill for her training. Uh, Furia is sponsored by Nike, meaning Souza will receive Nike equipment to use during her camps for upcoming UFC fights. They have a partnership with an energy drink. We make a visit to the performance center in Austria, Souza said. I'll say the brand when they start sponsoring me, but it starts with a red and a B and gives you wings. So she's getting sponsored by Red Bull. That's so fucking cool, man. Um, I just happened to stumble across this article while I was just doing a little bit of research for today's podcast. So, Lavinia Souza, I'm going to be keeping an eye on her. Let's hope she wins. Uh, she is 14-2. and two, And I think, she, I think, I'm really sure she's undefeated in the UFC. Um, look, I'm not going to check that. I've been going fucking back and forth in the sheer dog. Just, I'm going to wrap it up here. <laughs> I've got the predictions out. Uh, so excited for today. I genuinely, I, I purposely, I woke up today at about 12 o'clock. I didn't sleep great last night. And I just said, fuck this, I'm going back to sleep. And I slept until 3 o'clock today. Now, I know you're thinking, Jesus Christ, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, that's very late. That's on purpose. I didn't set an alarm on purpose. Here's the trick. You know the way? I talk to a lot of people, well, I used to when we still went out and that, about UFC, about watching it. I know a lot of people stay up to watch it, but a lot of people have asked me, how the fuck do you stay up to watch it if, if you're not, you know? I don't do that. What I do is what I done today. Sleep in till about 3 I'm wide awake now. It feels like it's quite early in the day for me, but it's ten past four. It's perfect. Do you know what I mean? Get a couple of Red Bulls into me throughout the day. Maybe one more as the fight card is starting around one o'clock. And that last can should see it over the line uh, for about six o'clock. <sighs> Speaking of. Right, I'm going to wrap it up here, guys. Um, so glad I could finally sit down and record this. Um kind of been a busy week for me i had planned to get this out on front I'm, I'm pretty sure i actually said on the on the podcast earlier this week that this this podcast would be out on friday but it's just been kind of a busy week for me um so i literally dove out of bed today hyped that it was fight day and i'm, I'm glad i could sit down i'm glad i could finally get these predictions out of my head because i've been jumping back and forth changing my mind look they're on paper now i'm thinking i'm gonna throw five or maybe a tenner on uh each fighter and how they're gonna win uh, look, might be a nice few quid and it might be a tenner in it, who knows. Uh, I have Amanda and I have... Who's the other strong fight? Look, look, so many numbers in my head. I'm going to wrap it up here, guys. Uh, I do hope you enjoyed. Let me know your predictions, because I genuinely am interested. There's a couple of pick em fights on this card. Uh, oh, real quick, Dominic Cruz fighting. Fight. No, I think Dominic Cruz gets the nod. I have, I have to say that. It's Dominic Cruz, you know that way. One of the greatest bantamweights of all time. How are you not going to say it? Look, going to wrap it up here, guys. Do hope you enjoyed. Like, subscribe, all that lark. Uh, leave your predictions down below because I genuinely am interested in, in seeing and hearing what you guys are going for. Uh, thanks for listening, guys, and peace.